Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, all the jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more, what more y'all want me to prove, man? Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome to Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter, at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's the only way you need to enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Matt, welcome back. I am psyched to start the second half. Ready for basketball after what feels like almost a little over a week off now. So get plenty of Bulls action, man. And they got a ton of games over the next two months to play. So uh, exciting times. How are you, man? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Yeah, I believe the count is 38 games in 66 days. That's uh, I believe that's accurate, which is insane. That is so many games in just a little over two months. Just bonkers. Um, and, and, you know, I'm excited to have the Bulls back. We talked about how great uh, of a change it's been just from last year to this year when Last year, we, we you know we couldn't get the All-Star break soon enough and then we didn't want the season to continue when All-Star break ended. Uh, and, and this year, that it's actually just... It's a really exciting time to see if this, you know, scrappy Bulls team with their new coach can can fight their way into the into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And, and it won't be easy with this, in, you know, incredibly dense schedule with a lot of difficult opponents, seventh most difficult schedule remaining across the NBA. And... Uh, it's also crazy that today, when the Bulls pick up their season, is also a year to the day after the league shut down uh, because of COVID. Uh, Rudy Gobert's positive COVID test announcement was March 11th, 2020. Like this, this past year has been a blur of mostly bad, awful shit, but it's crazy that it's been a year. It's wild, man. It feels like feels like we did like the last dance stuff 10 years ago, but we did it like eight months ago. It's just that this whole year has felt like a day or and or 10 years. I don't know which one, but you're right. And it's weird to think about that. It's been over a year now. Um, 
that situation, man, I mean, we're still dealing with the effects to it and we're seeing all the changes that were made over a year. So it is pretty crazy to look back just then. Uh, but speaking but Bulls of fans, you know, when, when the league shut down, obviously everybody was disappointed and everybody was really <laughs> worried about what this, you know, pandemic that was just starting in the U.S. was going to do for people outside of sports, obviously. Um, and it's been a hard year for a lot of Americans because of that. But I think Bulls fans in particular were like, oh, are you telling me that we might not have to play out the remaining 17 games of this woebegone bullshit excuse of a basketball season? Well, that might not be the worst thing in the world. I was all in. I, I think those guys were ready to be done with the season, too. And I can only imagine the damage that could have been done by a certain somebody I won't name uh, with those remainder of those games left. And sure enough, we got a bunch of changes, too, man. Uh, as far as a Bulls fans perspective, 2020 wasn't all that bad. I mean, just looking at a direct Bulls fan perspective, it wasn't all that bad. We got the change that we were looking for from a fan base for so long. Got the new coach that we were looking for for so long. Just a new direction and a fresh start. And uh, it's been exciting so far this season, man. We're getting two guys back this tonight. We're getting Lowry Markin and Otto Porter, it, to some extent, both of them, back tonight, back on the floor. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the expectations for both of those guys, and throughout the rest of this episode, just kind of set up our expectations for the second half and ultimately what we want to see. But first, I mean, man, I don't even know what to expect from Otto first. Uh, like, how long is he going to play? Is he going to be able to play like 10, 15, 20 minutes tonight? Or I would imagine they're going to be very, very careful with him. Yeah, I would assume so too. It's crazy. I honestly am surprised that we're getting them back. Knock on wood. It, it to, For a while there, it just felt like, okay, well, Otto's just never playing again. And not just for us. Like, his career might be over. Who the hell knows what's wrong with this guy? And Lowry, I, I had obviously been keeping up with any updates that the Bulls had as far as what activities he was doing, how close he was getting back with the shoulder injury. But I was also just emotionally and mentally keeping myself distanced from it because I was getting more and more scared that the faith I've had in Lowry all along would not be rewarded. And I was getting ready mentally to divorce myself from Lowry. And it was an ugly process for me, and I didn't like doing it. And now he's finally getting ready to come back and play. We've got a, you know, a lot of games in a, just a couple of weeks before the trade deadline. And then, you know, if he's still here after that, and I think he will be, the back half of the season where, you know, I think I, I made a joke about it on Twitter the other day. If Lowry comes back, like, he's been gone long enough that I'm ready to be hurt again. Like, you know, as in, like, I'm ready to be heartbroken again with the tease that is Lowry marketing. And <laughs> I can't remember who, but shout out to whoever responded to my I'm ready to get hurt again tweet with, yeah, and I think so is Lowry. <laughs> Clearly with a different Damn. meaning of ready to get hurt again. <laughs> Jeez. I just, I hope that whichever way it goes, the rest of this season for Lowry makes the decision a more clear and obvious one for the new front office and that I will be okay with it. However, it pans out. If it means he has a really promising finish to the season and he stays and he and Zach play well together in the second half, the Bulls get a playoff series and they sign into a deal. Great. If he doesn't, if he gets hurt again, again, or he's underwhelming and the Bulls decide we're going to move on from Lowry, I'd be okay with that too. I just want it to be a clear and obvious answer one way or the other. I'm with you, man. Uh, with Lowry too, just so we can kind of get some clarity, right? Some clarity on what this front court's going to look like, regardless if it's for the good or for the bad. 
the unknown is I I think part of the reason why we can't take it right it's like the the wonderment has made our minds kind of go crazy over the last year or two thinking about what the possibilities positive and negative could be of a front court of Lowry marketing and Wendell Carter Jr. in the future I don't care at this point if it goes good or bad I'm hoping it goes good but I just I want a resolution I, I want to see those guys go out there and play every night and finally we can make a decision whether it be at the end of this season or even going into next season just make a decision finally and have some concrete evidence to back that up for auto man I honestly forgot he played this season. I will be completely honest. I forgot he played in games this season. He played in 16 games. He started in six. He wasn't that great. Uh, 11.5 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, two assists, about a half a steal a game. He was shooting 44% from the field and did shoot pretty decent from the three-point line. He shot 40%. So hopefully the auto can add just a little bit of spark of offense when the bench comes in and there's some type of lull. But I'm not expecting anything big out of him. Lowry, I'm expecting big things in the second half, man. Yeah, with Otto, it's weird. Um, I mean, let's be real. If if Otto actually does come back and is healthy enough to play real minutes and Billy Donovan wants to keep the same momentum with letting the rookie Pete up start and Lowry shifts back to the four, Pete up shifts back to the three, and Otto continues to get minutes off the bench, even if they're just bench minutes, even if it's 20, maybe 25 bench minutes a night, you know what that means, most likely, Jordan. What does that it mean? It means the end of Denzel Valentine in this rotation. You, you're, actually, you're probably right, man. I mean, he hasn't shot consistently even, even to like bump anybody else out of that rotation. The person I thought like preseason that maybe he'd be able to do that late in the season is Garrett Temple, but Garrett Temple has completely blown my mind the way he's been able to play and he's a very vital part of that rotation now so yeah you're right Denzel might be unless they're trying to trade Denzel then they would want to maybe get him in there and have him at least play and show some consistency if they're trying to deal him at the deadline but I think maybe that's the kind of a play with Otto too is like hey this guy can actually go out there and move and he can play in some yeah. games so and if and if you want to trade Denzel or try you don't need to showcase him because I'm pretty sure everybody in the league knows what Denzel is. <laughs> He's occasionally a hot three-point shooter. He's actually a pretty gifted, nifty passer, especially in transition. He's not a point guard. He's a combo wing two guard. And at least once, and sometimes three or four times a game, he will make you slap yourself in the face and say, what the fuck was that? That's He has been that. Every game that he has played in the NBA. So you don't need to showcase him. People know what he is. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Otto, I'll believe it when I see it. If we see him tonight, I will be legitimately surprised even after he got the probable tag earlier today. But it would be nice to have another competent two-way player back in back in Donovan's rotation. Agreed. Uh, hopefully Lowry can show something too and maybe we can see some flashes of him and Wendell and we don't have to choose then. I mean, the most difficult decision for AK would be both of these dudes are playing well and then you really have a tough decision to make. But as a fan, it makes our lives a lot easier. We can get get to root for both of those guys as opposed to having to maybe pick sides. Maybe Otto can help with all of that too. So I'm expecting big things, especially add him to the rotation at Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young and also what Zach's been doing this season. So I've got high expectations, even though they've got a very difficult schedule in the second half, man. And speaking of those high expectations, Jordan, you teased at the opening of the show that we've got another 
Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Because the Bulls are just now uh, finishing up All-Star break and we haven't had any games yet this week, we decided to take it a different route this time and not necessarily award Michelob Ultra Player of the Week to the Bulls player who has played the best this week, but the player who will be the most important the player who probably most Bulls fans will have their eye on tonight and moving forward as we get closer to that trade deadline, the player who will have big expectations, as you just said, and that is Lowry Markkinen. The other piece who, along with Zach, was supposed to be a cornerstone, who has showed promise and also shown signs of maybe not being aggressive enough, maybe not being tough enough, and whose agent, and the Bulls did not come to terms on an extension from his rookie contract this past offseason. There is a huge question mark hanging over Lowry's head right now as the Bulls begin or, or as the Bulls resume their season. So will Lowry make Bulls fans happy with his performance? Will Lowry himself perform better because he's happy? I don't know if Lowry Markinen is a Michelob Ultra drinker. I would guess not. That guy probably only drinks like beet juice. We know he's a vegan, but hey, maybe Lowry should just have like a halftime Michelob Ultra and see if that doesn't help his performance. But those Michelob Ultras are tasty. 2.6 carbs and only 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Bulls fans would win and Lowry would win if he has himself a hell of a second half of this season and gets his act together, shows some chemistry with Zach Levine and helps the Bulls march their way to a playoff spot. So the challenge is being laid down for Lowry. He is our Michelob Ultra player of the week because all eyes will be on him. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers you for awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. I'm looking right now at tonight's game against the Sixers, Bulls and Sixers. I mean, you're getting plus money. For Zach Levine to score four threes tonight without Simmons, without Embiid, I think the Sixers' perimeter defense is all that great without those two guys. I think I'm willing to bet on the guy that was just in the three-point contest. He's shooting over 40% from all areas around the perimeter. I would be willing to take plus money on Zach Levine to score four threes tonight. You can do that at Bet Online and plus hundreds of other props on tonight's slate or this weekend. You want to bet on the Bulls, go to betonline.ag. Head to their website, use the promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you sign up for a free account today and you'll receive that welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt, I feel like this is a discussion we have a lot. At least we've had it over the last three or four years when it comes to the second half is like, what's our expectations? What do we... What do we imagine or ideally want to happen for this Bulls team? What's the best path for this team to go down? I think the last, unfortunately, I think every year outside of the very first year we did this podcast, we've been talking about, hey, is it tank or is it try to be somewhat competitive so you can see what you have? Outside of that first year where they made the playoffs with Butler and Wade, 
we haven't been in a position where the Bulls legitimately have a shot to make the playoffs. Is that the first and foremost goal of the second half, or what do you see as the most important thing for the second half? You know, I got to be honest, Jordan. I think I've kind of changed my mind over the last couple of weeks. Like, I, I did a solo show a few weeks back when the Thad trade rumor stuff really started to pick up steam, and I presented a case for why it would make sense to trade Thad if you if you get a quality offer for him and maybe trading Thad, meaning that the Bulls fall out of the playoff picture, they go back to the lottery one more year and perhaps try to finagle a deal where they package their own first-round pick, which they own, another first-round pick that they might be able to get for Thad Young and try to move up in what looks like a pretty stacked draft class at the top three to five, there are potentially some franchise-changing talents. And yes, it would be a bummer to miss the playoffs again, and clearly there's the element of I'm sure it would tick off Zach if the Bulls traded away Thad because he's his friend and his best teammate. But like long-term logic there made sense to me and thought maybe that's what AK could envision. But I got to say, the more the Bulls play these watchable competitive games, the more I see a happy Thad Young and happy Zach Levine playing a nice little two-man game together every night. And the fact that we've come so close to getting some quality signature wins, and we are certainly sniffing the playoffs right now at 16 and 18, I kind of am shifting the way that I feel and and want to see them try. I know the second half schedule is daunting, but I would think it would be so good for the morale of everyone involved, the organization, the players, and the fans, to see this team make the playoffs this year. I think that that would be a really, really good thing. I think they're kind of... They've been in a position for a while now where it's like, I think that they're doing better than maybe AK and Mark Eversley and even Billy Donovan probably thought this team was going to do this season. They've put themselves in a position where even if you don't sell at the trade deadline or you don't add, you just decide to kind of stand pat and do nothing. I think you put yourself in a really good position to at least be a part of that play-in game. I mean, things would have to go super, super bad for this team to not make the playoffs at this point, man. And even if it's just the play-in game, I do think in a lot of aspects, not only for Zach Levine's career, but just overall where this Bulls team is going to get some playoff experience. And I don't even care if there's not fans in the stadium or or whatnot. Just having that playoff environment. You listen to a lot of the guys in the bubble talk about this too. Playoff environment is still very, very similar. So I think it's crucial, man. I think it's very, very crucial for this young team to get some type of playoff experience. That doesn't mean you have to go out and mortgage the future and just trade for guys at the deadline. It's not what we're saying. We're saying that, you know, being the matter of being the 12th pick in the lottery as opposed to being the 16th pick and gaining some playoff experience, I think I'm going the latter, man. I'm with you. I think the playoff experience is a lot It's a lot more beneficial for where this team is right now than maybe being four or five picks ahead in a draft where, honestly, where's the roster space and how long are you going to plan on developing guys? You know, you're not going to develop guys for the next 10 years. So at some point, they got to flip that switch. I'm with you, man. I think this is a good opportunity to do so. And I mean, I, I might be a little less convinced than you that 
a, a bunch of things would have to go wrong for the Bulls not to make the playoffs. I don't think that there are going to be many teams in the East that say in the next two weeks, all right, we're going to sell off the best piece or pieces that we have, and we're going to tank. I think, as Arturis said himself, you call them delusional, as he did, or whatever, but I think a lot of teams that are in that 6-7 through 12-13 to 13 mix that the Bulls are smack dab in the middle of all think that they can make a playoff run. That nine and ten play-in thing makes a lot of teams more convinced that hey, let's 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 see what we can do this season. That being the case, and knowing just how difficult the Bulls' schedule is, and knowing that, guess what? That whole like beating teams that are over five hundred thing still really hasn't happened. Like technically, they had a win over Indiana when they were above five hundred, and Indiana has fallen off, and the Bulls have some wins against teams who are now at or above five hundred. Uh, including two wins over the Dallas Mavericks. But in one of those Mavs games, they were missing Luka and Chris Stops. In the other one, they were missing like three or four of their other most important rotational pieces who were out for contact tracing. Uh, you know, other than a quality comeback, you know, from a huge 20-point deficit against Portland, that's your staple win so far. That's your best win against your best opponent. The other ones they haven't closed. Lakers, Clippers, um, you know, Nuggets. Sons, they've come close, but they haven't gotten it. So to say that you, you know, well, well, like uh, so many things would have to go wrong for the Bulls to not make a playoffs. If they keep doing what they did in the first half of the season, which was beating bad teams, beating shorthanded teams, beating middling teams like them and not beating any of the good teams. I don't know if that will be enough, you know, certainly at least the play-ins maybe, but I, to me, right now, there is still no guarantee that this team makes the playoffs. The Pistons are trash at 10 and 26. They're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. I'm not worried about them. Uh, the no. Magic are not very good, and the injury to Markel Fultz kind of derailed their season. They've had a bunch of injuries, too, not having Jonathan Isaac as well. Uh, I'm not concerned so, about the you know, Magic. But like, we, we lost to them. You know what I'm saying? That's like, true. <laughs> but, but again, like, and and Again, what you didn't we, have a full we, we heard today though. is that they're not trading Vooch. So if they're not trading Vooch, they will still win the occasional game. I'm still not concerned about that team. And that was a fluky, terrible last four or five minutes of the game loss that the Bulls could have easily won. But I understand what you're saying. Like, Cleveland is also another team I'm not worried about. There's three teams right there. I think the teams that you need to be concerned around hang at the bottom two right at the cutoff of this play-in game, and that's the Hawks and the Wizards. The Wizards mm-hmm. had a terrible start, man, but they're kind of putting it together. Him, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are finally figuring out how to play together. They've gone on a decent win streak over the last couple of weeks. The Hawks have been awful, too. It's just like streaky, bad basketball. Trey Young scoring a you know 30-plus points in a game, but they're still getting blown out. I think that they're ready to have a bounce-back second half if they don't decide to start selling some pieces off. But then you're at the 10th seed at the Pacers, who are three games under 500. So that's the half. That's a glass half empty look at it. Glass half full. Bulls are only two games out of a top four seed in the East. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, yes, that is the glass glass half full. And I'm sorry. And 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 I will gladly come back on this podcast the day the regular season ends and eat these words. The Bulls are not getting the fourth seed. <laughs> 
if I if I am wrong, I will come back on this apologi- uh, podcast and apologize to all of you, our loyal listeners, for being a doubter and a naysayer and my cynical self. There is no way in hell the Bulls are getting the fourth seed. Oh, man. Yeah. There's a lot of really good teams in the East, and by really good, I mean just a whole cluster going on between 4 and 12, it seems like. But, yeah, it, like... That's what I mean. Like something catastrophic would have to happen in order for the Bulls to just plummet. Because right now, if to be out of a playoff spot, the Bulls would have to be two games out. They'd be two games out behind the Hawks and the Wizards. So I don't know. Those bottom three teams don't worry me. The Wizards worry me a little bit if they don't trade Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook. The Hawks, mm, they're not as good as I thought that they were going to be. Maybe they turn it around in the second half. The only other team that worries me is the Pacers. I think that they've underperformed completely. They're going to have a bounce back second half. So. I don't know. It's a good conversation to have, and it kind of gives us a litmus test of where we feel we're at halfway through this season. Uh, let me ask you this before we get out of here. Uh, let me do our ad read first. We got to do reads. Before we kind of wrap up the episode, I wanted to ask you a couple of other things, just kind of thinking about where we were at in preseason at the start of the season and what our expectations were there and whether or not they met or were exceeded or disappointed your expectations going into this season. But before we do that, I want to tell... Our listeners about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right Right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today's episode of lockdown bulls is also brought to you by our great friends at built bar we've been telling you about built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now built bar is the amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100 chocolate on all of their bars now it's the time to find out which built bar is the best it is built bar madness that's right a built bar bracket today's matchups we've got caramel brownie taking on cherry barcia that's a tough call and lemon almond cheesecake against carrot cake with walnuts. Jordan, if I'm casting my vote today, I'm probably going caramel brownie and carrot cake with walnuts. You know what? No, scratch that. Lemon almond cheesecake is really, really good. Those are my two. So go to builtbar.com right now or go to built under, at built underscore bar on Twitter and use promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That's locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. To wrap things up, I was thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days is like how we set our expectations for the season going in. Maybe not specifically individuals, like individual players, but just overall as a team, what we expected this to be halfway through. And man, I think the Bulls have quietly exceeded my expectations for what I thought this season was going to be. I've got to give them some credit, man. One of the big things that I said that I'd wanted them to improve on was their ability to close games. Now, they haven't been able to close every game. We've already seen a bunch of different losses that have been shaken out in the last 30 seconds or so. Some their fault, some not. 
But, man, I got to give them a lot of credit. The 20-point comeback on the road against Portland, probably one of my favorite wins of the year. I mean, that that alone, to me, said that they had found something in them, that they found growth between finding a way, special way to lose every game last year in ridiculous fashion to being able to actually fight back and pull off a win against a really good team in the Trailblazers. That's just one example of how I feel like this team has exceeded my expectations for this season. Do you feel like you're at that point halfway through, or are you a little disappointed, or just about where you where you had this team seated expectations-wise? I, I think my expectations have been met, and then and then probably a little extra beyond that. I, th- I thought the Bulls were going to be bad again this year. Um, talent wins in this league. Coaching obviously matters, and we have clearly seen the evidence of that already through 34 games. But it's mostly talent. And last year, the Bulls didn't really have much. And this season, their roster didn't really change much. So my expectations were low. But it's fine because my expectation was for the new guys to just evaluate and then make decisions. Use this season as an evaluation season. Maybe make some trades at the deadline, maybe not. And then, you know, make decisions moving forward before the 21-22 season. Great, grand, wonderful. Call that the plan. I am with you in that there have been more encouraging signs this season. They are more competitive. They've even been competitive against some of the best teams in the league, and that is a good sign. They they haven't won a lot of those games. As you know, you 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 brought up the Portland comeback win again as like, you know, great great sign, like probably my favorite win of the season. Yeah, it's 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 cuz it's clearly it clearly is their best win of the season. Beating I, the Pistons, splitting with Washington, splitting with Orlando, beating Dallas when they have none of their good players. You know, those are the wins the Bulls have had. And yet, you know, it's baby steps. I'm I'm not criticizing them, but I'm saying if if they're going to take another step in the back half of this season from the step of just staying competitive against teams that they were losing by 42 last season, that in itself is progress and an accomplishment. You got to start talking about beating some of these good teams in the second half of the season because you're going to need those wins if you want to make the playoffs. Yeah, them getting their heads smashed in by Milwaukee in the first two weeks of the season was a real, probably their ugliest loss of the season. You could make an argument if you want to say like the OKC 22-point comeback. That's Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. Uh, that was a really bad loss. The Lakers, the way that they lost to the Lakers the first time on the road, too, I thought was a good loss. It's not it's not great when you blow a lead at the end. The same thing with the Kings loss that they had on that road trip. But all of those games, they were in it. Same thing with even that Clippers game. That whole road trip was wild. But that Clippers game, too, the Bulls were in it all the way into the end. And last year, we couldn't have said the same thing, especially against good teams. It was like the Bulls were finding ways to lose against really horrible teams. And it's like teams you should beat are embarrassing you in weird fashions. And that just hasn't... To me, that hasn't happened in the same way that it did last year. And obviously, they can blow leads and things still frustrate you. But a lot of that, I think, has just been attributed to, hey, these guys need to play together a little bit more. And they're developing how to play with each other, too, and also learning Billy Donovan's style. So I've been a fan of most of what has been going on this season. And I got to say, my expectations have been quietly surpassed by this Bulls team. Yeah, I I agree, man. Like, even, even though I'm 
you know, being glass half empty to your glass half full right now, I also agree that they have surpassed the modest expectations that I had coming into the season. And if they start getting wins against 500 or better teams in this crazy jam-packed schedule, and who knows, maybe they get a little lucky, like, you know, starting with tonight, no Embiid and no Simmons, uh, who are still out from their all-star trip that, you know, contact tracing prevented them from even playing in the all-star game. Maybe in this crazy jam-packed second half of the season, other teams might deal with injuries the way the Bulls did in the first half of the season. Uh, contact tracing might continue to be an issue. It, you know, if, if the Bulls continue to build on the way that they've played under Billy in the first half, get some of those close game wins against quality opponents and make the playoffs, then you're talking about them vastly exceeding at least my personal expectations for them this year. I did not think they were going to be a playoff team this year. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but this it's been weird, especially because they haven't been fully healthy either, and they're still playing at this level. So I think curiosity makes the mind kind of wander a little bit here with the second half, and I don't blame anybody if they've got high expectations like I do for the second half. I want to see some continued winning basketball and guys just to be able to stay healthy and on the floor. Uh, last thing before we get out of here real quick. Uh, give me your most surprising bull as far as performance this season so far, and give me your most disappointing. Ooh, um, well, I mean, most disappointing to me is obvious. It's Lowry. Um, just him missing so much time because we all know that after no contract extension happened before the season started, that this was a huge prove it year for Lowry. Um, you know, put up or shut up. Uh, and it sucks that he had to miss that much time through the first half of the season. Um, I wouldn't say I was disappointed by Kobe's point guard experiment. I kind of expected it to go the way that it has. And Wendell has been disappointing in some ways, but also in some ways has shown some growth. So like for me, he's kind of a wash so far. As far as the biggest surprise, pleasant surprise, I mean... Certainly, as a very low-key, very not a big deal, Bulls fans complained about it, um, you know, bargain-hunting free agent find in Garrett Temple. I know that he's been a little cold shooting recently, but he still does so many just smart, quality veteran things on both ends of the floor and has been a solid addition to this rotation. But the king of pleasant, unexpected surprises. Holy crap, Thad Young. I mean... <laughs> That dude's awesome. Dude really is. Uh, my most disappointing player, man, I think has to go to Otto. It's to not mm, really his mm-hmm. fault at, at all, but it's just I can only imagine what this team would have looked like had he been fully healthy this season. I think the conversation right? would be a lot different, man. Uh, I Do also, you remember how hyped I was for Otto's season before the season started? <laughs> we were watching too many clips of that February uh, a couple of years ago where we didn't have enough basket. We didn't have any basketball for nine months, so we can't blame ourselves. I was watching that February too many times and his highlights and what the Bulls could have possibly been. But, hey, yeah, he's been my most disappointed, but I wouldn't say any to his fault at own. I just think his... His timeline with this Bulls team has just been so bizarre, um, a lot due to health. And I would say, though, the most surprising man, as high as my expectations were for Zach this season, man, he has blown through all of those. He's mm-hmm. playing at an unbelievable level, like an elite level where he's proving even his most staunch haters that they're like, oh, I don't, I got to be real quiet right now because 
he's been balling out this year, man. And I think he's proven a lot of people, a lot of people that had a lot of questions about him wrong. Um, and I want him to continue to do that. And I hope he stays with Chicago for a long time, man. If this is the way he's going to play for the next five years, I sure as hope he's here. Yeah, that, that's also a very good answer. Because, you know, I, I expected Zach to build on what he did last season. And I thought that he had a legit shot to put up all-star kind of numbers and get his first all-star nod. And I'm so happy for him and proud of him that he did. Yeah, it, it, it is still a little like blow you away shocking to see just how good he has been for the first half of this season. You guys can drop us your first half expectations, whether you've got some expectation for the second half, how you, how you think the Bulls did compared to what you thought they were going to do in this first half. You've got trade hypotheticals, you want to talk about the latest rumors, or maybe you just want to react to the first couple of games of this second half. You can do that at 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, anything you want there, text line and voicemail line is open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So hit us up. Don't be shy. 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.